Welcome to the Fantasy Addict Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Amore and Frank Sicalese. Welcome in, guys. Uh, it's glad to have everyone in. Uh, it's the first episode. Uh, Andrew and I finally found some time to get it all sorted, and uh, we're ready to go. How are you feeling, Andrew? Hey, Frank. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, ready to just get stuck into some fantasy fantasy chat. All right, we might as well get stuck straight into some news that's just been happening. A few, like, not major, major news, but a few bits and pieces that are probably really important for Dynasty going forward. Here are your messages. You have 30 minutes to move your car. You have 10 minutes. Your car has been impounded. Your car has been crushed into a cube. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Hello, Mr. Burns' office. Is it about my cube? Um, start saying a little bit less important. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he's uh, finally, apparently, he's told some people in the organization that he's going to retire at the end of the season. Uh, I think we all agree. Probably should have happened a couple of years ago, but... So right, the Steelers aren't a terrible team. They're not out of playoff contention. Uh, they're still playing all right football. But I don't think they have a better option behind him. So he might as well finish the season. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, he hasn't looked great all year. Lost all his mobility and can't really throw the ball downfield. But um, hopefully the Steelers get a better quarterback in there to help those receivers they got. Najee Harris hopefully gets a boost. But, yeah, for this year, nothing will really change. Um, yeah. Good career, though, but, yeah, happy to see him go for fantasy. Yeah, I saw a stat actually earlier, probably a couple of weeks ago now, that he used to sort of hold the ball a long time, quite a deep threat quarterback, big arm. Uh, used to hold the ball a long time, wait for his receivers to get downfield. This year, he's literally the most, uh, the quickest quarterback, as in ball gets out of his hands straight away. Um, doesn't hold the ball long, doesn't give the um, – the defense much time to get to the quarterback, but it's just really limited the offense. They haven't been able to uh, push the ball downfield too much. Uh, more quarterback news. Uh, Jalen Hurts is out with that twisted ankle. It seemed early on he was telling reporters that he was going to be in, that he was going to be playing this weekend. Um, turns out he's not. Uh, whether it's just, I don't know, maybe the coaches want to rest him. Maybe the coaches are sort of pushing back. Maybe they sneakily want to get a look at Gardner Minshew. Um, from what they've said, Jalen Hurts is still the guy. It really is just that ankle holding him back. Um, your thoughts, Andrew? Um, I think we should get your thoughts on this, Frank, because you are the Jalen Hurts dynasty owner. Do you, are you scared about Gardner Minshew taking over, potentially stealing the job? Uh, there are talks about Jalen Hurts not being the guy. I don't know. What, what are you thinking? Well, I'm the Jalen Hurts guy. I think I've been just absolutely pushing him all, all off-season. I was pushing him. Uh, all the way through the year, you know, he got a few ups and downs, but he's been the number well, he's the number two quarterback in fantasy. I don't think I think the numbers speak for themselves. At times, the offense as a whole has struggled, but he's also seen some really like massive flashes. I think the game against Denver, who were clearly a good defense, we've seen them neutralize the likes of Justin Herbert just last week, and he dominated them. He genuinely dominated the game, and there's been a few times where he's just really shown that he's an NFL quarterback. I think he he's grown as a passer. Uh, his stats all across the board are up. Um, still that fantastic dual threat quarterback. He's just very young. I think we're just not giving him enough time. 
he really only started three games in his rookie year, and this is basically his rookie season. I think it'd be unfair to put such heavy criticism on him. I think they've run just been a little bit too hard on him. I think they gave Lamar Jackson a pass because he was that first-round quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner. And, uh, yeah, and they've given him a massive – well, I mean, he probably did get a lot of hate and stuff like that as well. But I think give these young quarterbacks time to develop as a passer. I think we've seen Lamar Jackson take another step as a passer as well. Um yeah, I think he's just quite a good quarterback. I think he just needs time, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, you know, being a, a fake Eagles fan, you know, don't really like that franchise now that Deshaun's gone. But, um, you know, I still watch him and, like, the organisation just give him no help, really. Um, and he's doing, like, everything possible for that team. I just think, you know, he, he, he deserves the job next year and going forward. Like, he does not, you know... He's done everything right kind of thing. The whole offense runs through him. He does everything through the air on the ground. Yeah, I, th- I think you've done well with where you got Jalen Hurts. And, yeah, I, th- I think he's here to stay. Yeah, I think I, well, I think I got him in, you know, the 10th round of our startup in the Superflex League. It's a fantastic draft pick, in my opinion. Um, you know, competing for this year, so it definitely helps. Um, someone who you did have to pay a hefty dra- draft price for. Uh, into fantasy, into the drafts this offseason, you know, had a lot of hype coming in. Trey Sermon, he's landed on injury reserve, effectively ending his uh, very disappointing season. Um, yeah, not one I saw coming. I was honestly like, I was sort of in on Trey Sermon. I thought it was going to take some time. Uh, but then when Raheem Mostert went down straight away early in the first game, I thought he was going to be the man. And he just has not... Uh, taken the opportunity, hasn't really been given too much opportunity. Obviously, we're not in there at the training session seeing what goes on, but it seems as though uh, Kyle Shanahan just does not have any faith in the uh, rookie, and he's also been injured now. It's just a really disappointing season. Yeah, um, 100%. Like, looking back on that trade, <laughs> Joel got Matt with their, what was it, 23 first to Trey Sermon? And... Yeah, it was a 23 first-round pick for Trey Sermon heading into the season. I think Joel just yeah. capitalised on a lot of that hype. Um, risky play. Could have been, could may not have worked out, you know what I mean? When Raheem Mostert went down, if Trey Sermon ended up being the guy, it would have probably been a good deal for Matt. But uh, he's really struggled. Yeah, 100%. Um, Joel's definitely won that because Elijah Mitchell has taken, in my opinion, he's taken that job and not letting go. Um, and, yeah, you just can't trust Kyle Shanahan with these running backs, I don't think, but... Um, definitely ends his fantasy season. Be interesting to see if he can carve out a role next year, but um, it's not looking good right now, I don't think, for Trey Sermon. Yeah, uh, just a couple other bits of running back news. Darrell Henderson, someone who just came off your roster, Andrew, he's been limited on Friday um, as we're recording this a day ago. Um, he's, yeah, limited, looking like he might miss the game. Um, you know, good news for, you know, you who got him off your roster, but it's going to be interesting if we can get back healthy for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, uh, me and D Hendo, like, I loved him, honestly, all year. He's been he's been one of my boys. He's carrying me. Um, but, you know, I am a team that's going for the, for the title this year, well, hopefully. Um, and he's just always banged up, and that's the problem. And I traded him because... Uh, Burjo gave me a haul um, and I just don't I don't know if he's going to keep his role next year with you know um, everyone coming back Cam Akers coming back um, but you know he has been great and he does always get banged up he'll probably end up playing this is what he does he'll be questionable and he'll end up playing get all the work and it's just frustrating um, but 
yeah, I think I think D Hendo's fine for the rest of the year. Not sure how he goes long term, dynasty wise. Yeah, definitely. One, and then this uh, last bit of news I want to go through before we move on. Melvin Gordon ruled out with a hip injury. I think long term, I think Melvin Gordon will come back. He'll probably play next week um, as the Broncos try to make a playoff push. Massive game against Kansas City. I'm sure you know. Uh, being a fan of the team, you know Melvin Gordon. I feel like I know him pretty well. Um, he'll be absolutely shattered. He loves the team. He loves to play, especially in a division matchup against the Chiefs for first place in the division, believe it or not. Um, although I'm a Broncos fan, I actually don't think we're very good this year, but we've performed well sort of when we needed to. The Ch- Ch- Chargers game last week was fantastic. Um, he's ruled out, which means they're going to get a massive look at Javonte Williams, who looks fantastic in his limited role. I've sort of split it 50-50 with Melvin Gordon, which is what I expected. And a lot of our analysts had Javonte Williams taking that role within the first, you know, eight weeks of the season. And I was just like, no, Melvin Gordon's not going away. Still a fantastic player. Uh, still does his role, runs well, you know, receives the ball out of the backfield. Sort of one of those do-it-all running backs. Um, but, yeah, with him missing this week, it's a really big opportunity for Javonte. And I'm sure uh, Matty Barbs in our league will be happy to see what he can do with a full workload. What's your thoughts? Yeah, um, Melvin's on my team. And I took him really late in our startup. And I didn't really expect anything from him. Um, but I, was, I had the hopes, you know, Javante's not ready, but Javante looks legit. Like, he's awesome. And, um, you know, Melvin, I don't – hopefully he lands somewhere else because I still think he has juice. Like, you know, I, I watch him a little bit and, you know, my brother hates him, Joel, who's in the league as well. Um, but I think Melvin is actually decent. Like, he, he catches balls. He's good between, like, between tackles and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think he's fine. And, yeah, Matt Barber really needs uh, Javante Williams to be the man for his team to have any future in the, like future dominance in our league, I think. It's, uh, it's Javante and, and Dubs, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's just a genuine star in the making. Um, uh, if Melvin Gordon doesn't re-sign back next year, I think Javante's going to be very easily a top 10 back. Like, I, you know, I don't want to be the homer and say that I'm going to rank him, you know, top five, but I wouldn't surprise me, honestly. I think... Um, if they don't sign anyone else, but just say, yeah, I feel like the Broncos, they, they probably might sign him back. They might sign someone else. You know, a couple of years ago, it's the name that's going to be an absolute throwback. They signed Theo Riddick a couple of seasons back when they had multiple running backs on the roster. They signed Melvin Gordon and then they got, you know, Theo Riddick just because they wanted to just use multiple backs. Royce Freeman, he always got touches, even when he looked very poor. So it's just interesting to see what will happen. Um, but yeah. Both, you know, both fantastic players. I'd like to see Melvin Gordon get an opportunity elsewhere, but uh, maybe not too good because I don't want your team to be too good after this season as well. So we'll see. Yeah, actually, Frank, talk to me. How if Melvin did get traded or you know leave, how high would Javante climb up your board, like running back wise, top five? I think in dynasty, if he was the only player, like the only. Running back in Denver, I think you'd have to rank him as a top five dynasty running back. I don't know if he would finish top five in the standings this next year, although it wouldn't surprise me. I still think you'd have to have Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, uh, Dalvin Cook, um, the likes of probably still have fantasy finishes. I'd want to say Ezekiel Elliott, but that's another issue that's sort of come up with uh, Tony, uh, Tony Pollard. Zeke stuff. Um, Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. Uh, I cut that out right now. I'm the Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott owner in Dynasty, and I'm absolutely the truther. Um, but yeah, there's just a, and you know DeAndre Swift and stuff like that. I think those guys might finish ahead of him, 
But again, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if we have see, just see a massive season from him. He looks like one of the genuine better backs in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I understand. Um, Dynasty going forward, Frank, Javante Williams or Najee Harris? Who do you got? Oh, going forward, it has to be Najee Harris. He's got that uh, fifth-year option on that one-year deal as well. Sorry, the fifth-year option on that first-round uh, pick. Um, I think the Steelers have just shown time and time again they're going to run one running back into the ground and then move on pretty much. But are they going to get those five years? Those five years are going to be, you know, top five running back finishes, top 10 worst-case scenario, you know, barring uh, injury. I think you can't miss. He's I can't miss, even though wasn't super high on him as a prospect. I think he's shown in the NFL that he's a good player, not a great player. But uh, I don't think it's going to matter for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, Najee, Najee looks good. He's getting all all the touches, like literally everything. So, yeah, hard to argue with that point. All right, definitely. Um, what you guys may have noticed in the uh, first few minutes of our podcast, we literally just jump from topic to topic and we like to ramble. Um, if that's not your style, then it's probably not the podcast for you, but we are going to ramble. We are going to go topic to topic. So we've gotten through our news for this episode, okay? So what we're going to move on to is a segment that uh, me and Andrew have decided we want to do is just a player that we, we're we rising on, a player that we think is going to be you know good going forward. Someone we may have had you know a different opinion on in recent times. Uh Someone who we thought, you know, wasn't going to be that good, but have really uh, changed our minds. Someone we really like. And uh, basically, we spend a bit of time during the week going through there and sort of doing a bit of a deep dive so that you guys don't have to and figuring out maybe why this player is, why we were wrong, why this player is going to be really good going forward. Um, I'll let you go first, Andrew. You uh, have your person that you want to talk about. Go right ahead. Well, these cookies fucking rock. These cookies is good. Good? These Subway cookies is- Fucking good! Give me two more! Give me two more! They're good! Give me two more! They rock Give me two more! Um, okay, so I'll set the scene, Frank. Um, pre-season, I did not like this player. He was injury-prone. You know, I thought he was behind IU Kittle in the uh, target, like, target share, kind of, um, you know, in the team's rankings of like uh, where the balls would be thrown to. And, but after, you know, I've moved over to the States because I am in college over here. Um, I started watching the 49ers with my girlfriend over here. And Debo Samuel is a genuine monster. He cannot be stopped. He is currently the wide receiver two behind Cooper Cup. Um, has a 31% target share over the year. But right now he's out of the shotgun. He's a running back. He gets, you know, he's an, Yak machine, yards after contact. You can't tackle him. He's a red zone monster. Like, it feels like he gets a touchdown every game. Like, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but it feels like he's in double digit touchdowns. It'd be right, probably just about. Yeah. Um, He's 25 years old. Uh, The ceiling is like limitless, in my opinion. He could be a top five receiver for the next five years minimum. He's quarterback proof. The offense is just designed around him. And, yeah, Debo Samuel, I'm now rising on. Uh, we traded – we had a trade, me and you. Yeah, so uh, I was the Debo guy. I took him late in our startup draft. You know, if you, you're probably looking at, like – I don't know what it was exactly. You're probably looking at, like, four or five rounds after the likes of IU was taken. 
Yeah, did you? I I just saw him as a, you know, a solid wide receiver three. I thought someone you were going to get a few rushing yards from. You're going to get a few few catches. I think, you know, he was one of those players that had really a a really small A dot. He was just going to get those short targets, you know. Bit of a yak monster. We've seen him be a yak monster, but a yards up to catch guy. Um, You know, get a few big plays here or there, but not someone I saw being an absolute monster, being a wide receiver one, if not, you know, close to being the wide receiver one. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, did you see, like, this happening at all? Like, before, like, when we did our startup dynasty draft, like, did you see this happening? Like, any, like, chance of this happening? No, not at, like, genuinely. Like, you know, I would be one to, like, say, yep, I saw it coming. I'm the man. You know, I'm so fantastic. But absolutely not at all. I, you know, I saw him definitely behind Kittle. I thought Kittle was, well, I still think Kittle probably one of the main targets. Um, But... I definitely didn't think he was the guy. I thought it was going to be Brandon Ayuk. I thought from what we saw in his rookie year, he looked like a genuine star in the making. thought it was going to be him, George Kittle, you know, heavy dose of the running game with Kyle Shanahan. And then you just have Debo Samuel, you know, filling in that, you know, a good wide receiver too. Um, you know, in a, in a really high-powered offense, he could have slid in as a late wide receiver too, just as a, as a fantasy finish, you know, wide receiver three with, you know, decent consistency. But to become out and be a top-end wide receiver just wasn't in the uh, range of outcomes, in my opinion. Um, as you mentioned, we did have a trade. Um, so I was obviously the uh, original Debo owner. I thought, you know, this is fantastic. He's gone absolutely ballistic. He's putting up fantasy points like no tomorrow. I thought, you know, it's probably going to be a good idea to try and capitalise some, on some of this value. He's still quite a young wide receiver. So as Andrew said, he's really, really high on him, which is fantastic. He's on your team. You don't want to be not high on someone that you own. Um, but he could, you know, be a wide receiver one for the next, you know, four seasons or so. And that's going to really make my trade look not very good. But I think I still got good return, um, you know, to take you guys from being in the dark. The trade was I received a 2022 first-round pick. It's probably going to be late in the draft. He's only an eight-man draft. So that is important to realize that when we are talking trades, Eight-man drafts, those draft picks, especially the first-round draft picks, really valuable. They're going to be a top-eight pick. In Superflex, you're probably going to have two to three quarterbacks probably go in the first round, depending on the class. So that first-round pick is going to be a valuable player, whether it be a running back or a wide receiver. You expect to get a decent piece in return. So I got that 2022 first-round pick, and then I also received Keenan Allen, who obviously a little bit older, 29 years old, will be 30 next season. But he puts up, you know, very good fantasy points. Has had a tough time finding the end zone, but he's just an absolute target monster. Fantastic hands, incredible route runner, just a really, really good player for the Chargers. So I figured I was, you know, losing a little bit of production, um, but I also thought Debo was maybe overperforming just a little bit. But, uh, you know, in the four weeks now that it's been since I've traded him, he just has not stopped and doesn't look like it's going to stop. But I still think I got a good return. What do you think, Andrew? You probably think you got a great deal. I mean, it's it's a fair deal, but I don't know. I just think I know he got injured on the weekend, probably a one week groin injury. But if you can like go get Debo Samuel, I I recommend it. I would. I don't know how you feel, Frank, but I would probably give up two first for Debo straight up. Because um, like realistically, there's Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Ceedee Lamb, Jamar Chase. Diggs probably, AJ Brown maybe, DK Metcalf maybe, and then who else ranks higher than Debo? Like really, like yeah. I, he's he's pushing a top five receiver for me. Um, 
yeah, so I, I think he is, you know, by low today and, you know, Enjoy see what happens. With, yeah, exactly. See what happens with Debo Samuel. Yeah, well, you say two first, but, you know, I got that first round pick and then I also got Keenan Allen. So I think that's that. That's the price. I think that's the price you have to pay. Um, it's the price you did pay. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes long term. It's also going to, you know, that trade's going to be impacted a lot by when we come around to draft season, whether I move that pick or whether I end up selecting a player. I think, you know, that draft pick is going to have a massive impact on how we view that trade for years to come. Yeah, 100%. It'll be interesting to see, see who actually wins that one. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we're actually going to move on to the player that I've been looking at. I've been having a deep dive on. And super-duper interesting to see how this player sort of transformed into someone I was not high on whatsoever going into the draft. Um, I didn't think he was, you know, that fantastic of a player. I thought he was going to, you know, look like he'd struggled a little bit at the next level. And that's Michael Pittman. Um, he's shown up this season. He's currently the wide receiver uh, 16 in half PPR. Um, but he's also the wide receiver 24 in points per game. So, you know, he's just your very solid wide receiver too. But he's also been in the offense that sort of struggled a little bit early in the season. But he also put up, still put up, managed to put up fantasy points. But the uh, the Colts offense has started to come alive a little bit. And I don't think Michael Pittman's sort of blown up to the level that he can. We saw it against Tennessee where he had 25 and a half fantasy points. And he just absolutely looked like a monster. Took down two touchdowns. Got 15 targets that game. But he's also been someone that's just gotten a lot of targets. A lot of target volume from Carson Wentz. And he looks like the legitimate number one in that offense with, you know, Carson Wentz has looked pretty good. Jonathan Taylor, obviously a superstar, you know, MVP caliber player. Um, so an offense that could be good for years to come if they keep that core together. Um, he's just taken over as that alpha wide receiver. You know, he's absolutely massive, six foot four, 223 pounds, uh, just a second year player. He is 24. So he's that little bit older for a second year player, but that doesn't really worry me too much. But I think that's where I was wrong in the uh, pre-draft process. I thought he was just that, you know, that older wide receiver that comes into the NFL, solid but not spectacular. But I think I just ignored the fact that he just takes contested catches as if he's just wide open. Um, he's incredibly hard to cover. I just thought maybe as he entered the NFL that he was going to see, you know, more difficult coverages, uh, more difficult uh, NFL caliber corners that would sort of have their way with him. He was, you know, if he couldn't quite get as much separation, I thought that he might struggle a little bit. But this second year... Struggled in the first year. This second year, he's come on really, really strong. He just looks too big, too strong. And just uh, holes in balls from Carson Wentz, which is fantastic to see. I don't know what your opinion is on him, Andrew. Yeah, I uh, I loved Michael Pittman uh, preseason. I actually drafted him, Frank. I'm not sure that's, if you remember. That's right. I was about to, I was, yeah, for a second, I was like, who drafted him? So I know Charlene traded for him. Um, but yeah, it was, so it was you. Fantastic. Yeah, so uh, I, dra- I drafted Pittman. But um <laughs> Things happened. I, my team, I always knew I was one running back away from really contending for the title. And uh, Cam Akers went down and I got Darrell Henderson straight into my uh, starting lineup. So Charlene came at me and said, you know, I'm trading Saquon and Ridley. So Pittman was involved in that deal. I gave away a lot of good pieces in that deal now, but looking back on it. And Ridley and Saquon just don't look good. But um, yeah, back to Pittman. Sorry, um, Pittman's you know fantastic. He's a really he just goes up and catches some mosses people. Um, big guy. Uh, I hate Carson Wentz, so I'm going to ask you: Are you worried about Carson Wentz at all for Michael Pittman? Um, but yeah, Pittman Pittman looks legit as a receiver. 
oh, well, you saying if uh, Carson Wentz worries me. I'm Personally, I'm not too worried. I've liked what I've seen out of Carson Wentz this season. I think he's um, eradicated some of the, you know, the crazy sort of plays out of his game. I think I think we do see him sometimes try to do too much. You know, you see those like tries to throw it back out of the back of the hand or something like that when he's being tackled by like four players and he almost gets intercepted. Those things are still sort of in his game. And we saw uh, the game against Tampa Bay, they had an early lead. You know, he's thrown three touchdowns in the first half, 200-plus yards. And he comes out in the second half. He can't push the ball downfield, throws two interceptions, including I think I think it might have been the last play of the game or something like that, very late, thrown another interception. And he almost basically threw the game away for the Colts, which is uh, disappointing to see as the Carson Wentz owner in our dynasty league. But other than that, he you know, he's the number 11 quarterback this year. Probably about where I thought he would be, maybe slightly ahead of that. Honestly, I think he's looked relatively good. Um, the Colts, again, they don't have their first round pick this year. They did give it up for Carson Wentz. He's under contract. Um, I don't see them going elsewhere. I think he does have a bit of. He's pretty safe in that Colts team. That's you know historically the organization's been quite good. I think good offensive line. They could do with some more offensive pieces. I think. Although Jonathan Taylor is absolute superstar, MVP caliber player, having a fantastic season. I think, you know, some extra weapons, they might be able to open that offense up a little bit. But they've really come on strong offensively. So I've got no issues with Carson Wentz. I know you're, you know, former Eagles fan, still kind of an Eagles fan. Um, feel a bit uneasy about Carson Wentz, which understandable. He played so poorly last season. So it's uh, interesting to say. What do you think? No, like I, t- I do talk a lot of shit about Carson, but you know he's he's obviously talented. I was, you know, remember his MVP season? How good he was! Like, it's just it's just crazy how the thing tables have turned for Carson Wentz. But um, yeah, he loves Pittman. He loves feeding him the ball. So I think I think Pittman is a good is a good riser, Frank. I think I think that's a good choice. Yeah, that MVP season back in 2017, he was just a second-year player when that happened. Which To think that was how many years ago now, I'm just counting it up. That was four seasons ago. That's crazy. It makes me feel old. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. This year, he's had 21 touchdowns, five interceptions, only through 12 games. But again, that that MVP caliber season was only 13 games before he went down with that knee injury. But yeah, it just seems like two totally different players. We view them very, very differently, you know. Previous to that, you viewed him as, you know, a top five franchise quarterback going forward. Now he's just that middle-of-the-road quarterback. Can be helpful for fantasy. I think he's been helpful for fantasy. I've had to put him in some starts. With um, I'm personally dealing with the Kyler Murray, a bit of injury there. He's a bit banged up. I think it's a mix between them resting him. That ankle's still a bit uh, iffy. But, no, I think uh, he's been really good. I think he's just, you know, hasn't turned the ball over much. He turned the ball over, you know. He had 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions last year, and he was just very poor. So I think uh, different different uh, place, different change of scenery, and has been really good for Carson Wentz. Yeah, 100%. So do you uh, see Michael Pittman as a, I don't know, top 15 receiver going forward in Dynasty? Or, um, yeah, where would, he, where would he roughly fall for you? Yeah, that 15 number sounds pretty good to me. Like, he's... He's, you know, the wide receiver 16 on the year. He's 24 years old. Um, you know, there's going to be a few wide receivers that, you know, aren't clearly aren't in that wide receiver 15 range. Likes of um, a lot of the rookies, you know, Devonta Smith, I don't think has scored as many points, but I'd have him ahead. Um, you know, a few other younger receivers that you probably have just ahead or in a similar range, but haven't put up as many points. So I think 
yeah, if anything, we're still you might even be underrating him. If he's a wide receiver sixteen at twenty four years old, he's still got a room to grow. You know, that offense still could be a little bit more pass heavy. He's still the alpha, but I think yeah, it was just it was more just someone I was really wrong on. I just did not think he was a very good NFL player. And he's shown that he is just a very good NFL player. Can can be a number one for a, a very decent offense. Yeah, definitely. It, it helps that the um the Colts don't really have anyone else. Like trying to think of their wide receiver two right now is it Zach Pascal, Ty Hilton? Like I don't know who is second in the depth chart to the, the receiving call, but um yeah, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman seem to be uh the entire offense. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully that's the same going forward. That's all right. Uh, hopefully T.Y. Hilton isn't too involved this week. I do play you in redraft. I think you're rolling out T.Y. Houston this week. So that's always a scary sight. Yeah. Um, listening to the fantasy footballers, they love it when uh, T.Y. Hilton plays Houston. So I thought it's may, may as well. Every time yeah. it's money. You might as well uh, just, you know, put the money on him having a touchdown, put the money on him having 100 yards. I've sort of just accepted that fate right now. It'd be funny if he does again, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, all righty. What we actually might do is, you know, we've spoken about our league quite a bit, something that's probably going to be a major feature of our podcast moving forward. You know, it's probably part of the reason why we made this podcast. We love just to chat absolute rubbish about our league, about our league mates, moves people make, trades and things like that. So it's always, always going to come up. But, you know, recently we did just have our trade deadline. And I tell you what, guys, it was the craziest day of fantasy football I've had since the draft. Absolutely, uh, just moves happening all the time. I'm at work trying to concentrate on what I've got to do. My phone is just blowing up. I'm getting video calls. I'm getting notifications from sleeper. Trades are going through. The group chat is just going off. It's just absolutely a mammoth day. I might have to uh, take work off next year for that one. That was just a big event. Yeah, Andrew, you were very heavily involved in the trade deadline. You know, and me, not so much. I made one small move. We'll get to it in a second. But uh, you made a big move. You acquired some draft capital. that Because you've given up quite a bit of draft capital. You're a competing team, but you didn't quite go all the way in. You know, we do have a team that we'll discuss later on. Has essentially no draft picks for the next two, three years. Um, but you've got a few here. You acquired some draft capital. So you traded away, like you said earlier. Darrell Henderson, you actually received a 2024 first-round pick, still a while away, still a valuable pick, okay? They're always, you know, when we talk about um, dynasty assets, draft picks, very liquid, can trade them in. You want to get more players. You want to take a rookie player. Really just flexible. It's fantastic for everyone's roster. You also acquired a 2023 second-round pick. That was actually mine. Just those picks get shipped around everywhere. That sort of ended up there. And a 2024 third-round pick as well. Not super valuable, but always just, you know, a bit of flexibility. Allows you to add a bit of use to your team as well. Important to note, eight-man dynasty leagues, even that third-round pick, still going to be, you know, that 20th pick in the rookie drafts. This can still be valuable. And you traded away Darrell Henderson to a competing team. So, Virgo, he's actually quite a competing team. He's, you know, traded in those chips for Darrell Henderson to try and make a playoff push. What's your thoughts on that, Andrew? I think it was just a... Offer too good to refuse. Yeah, I mean, I got, I mean, the asking price for me to like get rid of D Hendo and say, you know, thanks, thanks for your services, but um, I'm happy to buy, like, I'm happy to cash out was a first. 
and you wouldn't budge. I went to you. Like I knew the only teams that would actually buy it would be, you know, the, the teams going for it this year. So you, Dylan, and Berjo and myself. But, um, yeah, no one would buy it until the trade deadline. And I think Berjo panicked uh, with a bit with Dalvin Cook going down, Derek Henry going down. He knows he doesn't have much use on his roster right now. So he he had to replace that position. And he just came to me and said, hey, mate, first, second, third, four, Darrell Henderson. And I said, you know, I didn't want to give it up because he's very valuable to my starting roster. But, um, you know, I said, look, I could split this capital for a better asset, in my opinion. So I accepted it. I flipped the exact same capital plus um, Jarrett Patterson for the Washington football team. Uh, you might not know him, but Barbara took the deal for DJ Moore. So, you know, the way I see it is I flipped D Hendo for DJ Moore in the same trade deadline. And, um, yeah, I think I think that's a way better move for my roster going forward. Maybe take a hit this year, but I think I've still got, I've still got the heavy hitters up front with, you know, well, hopefully safe on, but I've got C Pato as the go to this year. Um, <laughs> Monty and um, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully can get it done with my receiving core. So yeah, I think I think that was a good move. Um, what do you think of it? Of yeah, it I, I definitely think that was a good move for your team. Um, you made you made some moves earlier in the year. You acquired the likes of uh, Devontae Adams, which is a fantastic move earlier. It's sort of not, not something we ha- that happened on the uh, trade deadline, but I'm sure it'll you know come up later in later conversations. But to, uh, yeah, to trade away get, uh, Darrell Henderson and then acquire DJ Moore for essentially the same draft capital is a fantastic move for your team. Um, still getting those points. He's still relatively safe asset, I think. DJ Moore is still quite young. I believe he's only 24 still, even though it's like his second or what is he, third year in the season, uh, third season um, in his career. Um, he's going to give you very similar points to Henderson, but he's just got that wide receiver safety. He's got that longevity. They don't get banged up as much. I think it's just a fantastic move, honestly. I think you've uh, navigated the trade deadline well. Yeah, thanks, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a receiver over running back guy, like the dynasty. Because running backs, you can just, you just their lifeline is not long, and like receivers, you know, they last forever, and you know, the production's fantastic. But um, we'll move on to this trade. So the next one that went down, uh, Burjo again, very, very active. Very uh, aggressive. Pan- active probably isn't the word. I would say aggressive. Yeah, he was, I don't know if it was panic or what it was, but he gave away Derrick Henry. Yes, I said it, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. To you, you would expect, you know, you're giving away those yeah. players. You want some serious, serious <laughs> players and some serious draft capital back. If you're sending those away. I don't care sure, whether yeah. you're in a position where you need to compete and that you're in a position where Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook are going down. Dalvin Cook late in the year, Derrick Henry obviously earlier. I don't care that they've gone down and that you're now in trouble and you're panicking. I don't think you got nearly enough. I think you've put, uh, it was Charles Liam that actually acquired those two players. You put him in a really powerful position next season, regardless of what happens this year. But uh, continue, Andy, what did he actually get for those guys? I really just sort of ripped into Burjo without even... Uh, Telling the audience what it was. No, he deserves it. He's I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, you, you can't be giving up Derrick Henry, the the king. Like he's he's a man amongst men and Dalvin Cook for well, he got Josh Jacobs, fine running back. Nothing but compared to fine. these two. 
Yeah, Elijah Mitchell, which, you know, fantastic season. Don't know if this is going to keep up. You can't trust Shanahan, all that Niners uh, running back room. Darnell Mooney, like, two two good games uh, on the rise. But those three players and a second-round pick, a 2023 second, is just not enough to Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, two of the biggest heavy-hitting running backs. Can win you a week by themselves. And his team just doesn't look as threatening anymore. I said it, Frank. Um, not scared of Virgil anymore. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really not either. And it was fantastic to see. Um, like you know, again to go slightly off topic, you know, Dylan can have those big blow up weeks, but not super duper scary. He's dealing with a bit of injuries. Um, hopefully, hope I say not that I wish injuries upon uh, teams, but be a little bit scary if a lot of those his players can get healthy in time for the playoffs. Um. But your team's probably the only one that scares me. I'm sitting top of the ladder just to uh, flex on everyone on the podcast. I'm sitting, uh, you know, atop. Andrew, very, very competitive. He's sitting third on our ladder as well. You know, I think we're the two heaviest hitters, not to brag, but I think uh, we're ready to really compete. But it kind of hurts. Uh, Yeah, Burjo's just made a push to try and at least compete. I feel like he just wants to compete with us, not to brag, but he's just really struggling at feeling the heat right now. Yeah, we are we are definitely the powerhouses of the league. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. You never know what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. But exactly. um, what do you think of Matt Barber somehow getting a twenty-four second to Miles Gaskin off Sergio again? Yeah. So I've been obviously very critical of Matty Barbs in the past. You're going to get used to this on the podcast. We always love ripping into Matty Barbs. Um, but he's done a quite a good movie. I think uh, Miles Gaskin not going to really help him long term. I mean. Fantastic player, you know, not a fan, maybe not fantastic player. Good running back. Had a great season last year, just, you know, fell into the opportunity, made the most of it, you know, kept himself around, kept himself relevant. He's put together a few good games this season. But, you know, sixth round pick draft capital, you know, a Miami team that you would expect them to add a running back in the draft, possibly, maybe free agency. Maybe that's somewhere that Melvin Gordon lands. You never know. Um, But I don't think he's part of their long term plan. So the fact that he got, a second-round pick off Burjo. Although it's in 2024, I think um, Matt's got a long runway. You know, if he can start to put together some more pieces onto his roster, then he may be able to, you know, flip that draft pick later on or take the selection if he's still trying to add young talent a few years down the track. Um, but, yeah, no one wanted to budge on uh, Miles Gaskin. I don't know anyone else in the league that had a serious chat to Matt about Miles Gaskin. I know I didn't. I like, you know... I'd like to, you know, take the mickey out of him. I was telling him that no one's going to give him, you know, a second-round pick for Miles Gaskin, but it happened. So props to him. I respect it. Yeah, no, he, um, he's a pest to trade with, Matt Barber. If, listeners, if you've got that guy in your league who just wants to rob you every single time trading, that's, that's Matt Barber, the contact. Um, yeah, he offered... He kept saying, you know, I should get Gaskin every time Gaskin did something good, which he's had, he's had a pretty decent year. Like, not like a box score-wise, he's, you know, and actually looks pretty bad, but he keeps getting into the end zone, you know, he's getting all the work. Did you see the game, oh, probably two or three weeks now, where he had, like, 20-plus opportunities and had, like, 30 yards or something? Oh, I thought you were going the opposite way. So you were saying he had a, yeah, just super inefficient day. I thought you were going to bring up the Tampa Bay game that no one saw coming. You went just absolutely ballistic oh. for like two touchdowns. No, you're going the opposite way. You're talking about how he had all the opportunities and did nothing with it. Yeah, just such a hit and miss running back. Someone I just don't want on my team. 
I don't care yeah, how young he is. I don't care that he's only 24 and that, you know, Miami's non-committal to another running back and it's just gross. Yeah, well, Miami signed Phil Lindsay off the street. You know, I just don't think they want um, Miles Gaskin in as their running back going forward. So, yeah, yeah I think... They, I mean, they signed Philip Lindsay off the street and gave, I'm pretty sure they gave him like 12 carries. I'm the Philip Lindsay truther in the league, just, <laughs> you know, a, just a massive Broncos fan. So, of course, I'm going to love Philip Lindsay regardless. They signed him off the street and gave him 12 carries in his second game there. The first game, you know, he only played like one snap and lost three yards on his first carry. But like the very next week, he comes out 12 carries. Like, how on earth can you pay a second-round pick for Miles Gaskin when Phil Lindsay gets 12 carries straight off the bat? Just not yet. Just, you know, again, Virgo, not to rip India, mate, but it sounds like a lot of panic. Sounds like you just need someone to play in your, your spots. I don't. You know, looking at his team, he's going to have some seriously difficult lineup choices because just everyone is that meddling tier of you don't know whether they're going to hit that week or they're going to, you know, bust and ruin your team. Yeah, and um, just not this year. Going forward, I don't know, I don't know what his plan is, but, you know, good luck to you, Bear Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we did say that he had quite an aggressive uh, trade deadline. He's in another trade here. Um, he's also got another one after that, crazy enough. So he traded with Joel, Andrew's brother. So Joel actually acquired Curtis Samuel, wide receiver from the for the, the Washington football team. He's had a disappointing season, riddled by injury. I think he is still quite talented. I think he's still a decent wide receiver. I think he could slide. If he can find health, he can be that wide receiver too, next to uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, but, yeah, just hasn't been able to stay on the field long enough. You know, the quarterback situation in Washington is dire, so it's going to be hard for him to excel even if he was playing. Um, but then, yeah, Burjo's acquired Demonte Parker, just someone, again, just someone that he might want to throw in the flex. But, you know, if you're a team that's now, he's, you know, won a lot of games this year, sitting second. You've gotten all the way to that point just for you to play Devonta Parker in your flex come grand final week or something like that or come the finals. It's not a position I want to be in personally, but, you know, he wanted some depth. He's given away Curtis Samuel, who does, does have a bit of upside if he finds, you know, finds a good home or finds, you know, home in Washington. But yeah, just very strange move. What's your thoughts, Andrew? Um, yeah, I don't know. Both these guys are, are solid. Um, you know, when they play, they produce pretty well. Um, but injury prone, like this year. I'm not sure about previous years, but yeah, this year maybe going forward. So they could be that what if guy. Like if they stay healthy, they would, um, you know, uphold that wide receiver three role that they're in. But you know, real lateral move, I think, for both these teams. So, but. Um, I'm not even sure if Devontae Parker can Bojo even play him. Like, is he still on IR? Like, what's the go there? I couldn't tell you. Let me have a look. I'll quickly get that up if I can. But yeah, just it's just such a weird move. I think Curtis Samuel has that um, kind of that upside. I suppose he's got the upside, but that's really about it, honestly. I think, um, yeah, I think he's just. I think Joel's just paid for the upside. If I'm being completely honest, I think that's all. It really is. Yeah, I can't seem to find that just yet. But, um, yeah, I think Devonta Parker yeah, no is like more, more safe. I guess he's more safe. But, again, just no upside. Um, but, yeah, I, again, just yeah, a really I, nothing move. Um, I we're agree. Getting, we're getting close to almost all the trades here. We'll get through this one. So, again, this one here that I'm going to bring up is the D, you acquiring DJ Moore uh, from Matty Barbs. I think Matty Barbs did a decent job getting some value. I didn't think DJ Moore was someone he needed to move. He was happy to, you know, sell high 
early in the year. I thought he's been a little bit disappointing. I tried for a long time to get DJ Moore. He, you know, he wanted a high price, like uh, Andrew said. He's that guy in the league that, you know, wants you to pay full price. Could be a bit of revenge. I did rob him in the Jonathan Taylor trade. That's a story for another day, guys. Um, but, yeah, you know, he wanted from me. He wanted two first-round picks and Rashad Bateman for DJ Moore, and that's just far too much for my liking. But he did manage to get, like Andrew said, Jared Patterson, 2024 first-round pick, 2024 second, and a 2022 second. So those picks still far away. So I think it's just a fantastic move. Yeah, by you, Andrew. Hate to give you so many props, but I thought it was a really good move. Makes you better right away. Doesn't impact your depth. You know, it impacts your draft capital somewhat, but that's still years down the track, you know. If you were to win a championship this year, next year, even even the year after that, you're still not even at those 2024 picks you've given up. By that point, if you see your team starting to age, you can just convert a lot of that aging talent into draft picks. I think, it, you know, you just get better for not much, if I'm being completely honest. But again, Matt Barber's team are still a long way away. So acquiring draft capital is never a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Like, I don't really... Like, the 2024 first is valuable, like 100%, but it's, it's so long away, like... And I get DJ Moore for those two years before he even gets that player. Like, so yeah, it was a, a no-brainer move for me, in my opinion. But uh, the next trade you're involved in with Sergio again, um, you gave away Jimmy G and a 2024 third for a 23 second. How are you feeling about this trade? Yeah, I feel really good about it, honestly. I know um, it could be the next week or the week after. I'm in a bit of strife when it comes to bye weeks at quarterback. I'm going to have to actually roll out Jared Goff. Um, unless I find someone else to play at quarterback, but uh, there's no one on waivers. We're playing a super flex league. You're not going to have quarterbacks just sitting there, but it's going to end up me playing uh, Jared Goff against the Denver Broncos on the road, I think. It's going to be shocking, but I'll, uh, I might have to take the L on that week. But to acquire a second-round pick in that what's supposed to be a very talented 2023 draft class, second round, it is uh, Will's pick, who's looking like you know quite a struggling team. Just for a bit of background information, Patrick Mahomes owner, Christian McCaffrey owner, Travis Kelsey owner, Devontae Adams. He was looking to really compete this year. Hasn't really broken his way. Been a bit unlucky, if I'm being completely honest. You know, I don't I hate to feel bad for him, but, you know, maybe he has just been a little bit hard done by this season. Um, but that pick was uh, actually given to me by Burjo. He acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, wanted another quarterback, and it came to. Um, yeah, I just, again, I don't know why he'd want him. I feel like you just have to give, you know, um, have faith in your quarterbacks that you have. You know, he has Josh Allen, fantastic every week play. Um, his other two quarterbacks are Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill, who struggled struggled in recent weeks. You know, a lot of them, you know, Matthew Stafford had a really hot start. Um, fantastic quarterback, um, you know, top five, top 10 season this year so far. But yeah, he's just fallen away a little bit. Maybe he's just a little bit uneasy. Jimmy Garoppolo has just shown that he's good for, you know, we play in a six-point passing touchdown league, so he's good for those 20 points. If he throws a couple touchdowns, you're getting 25 fantasy points, which is going to, you know, really help your team. It goes a long way. If you can hit on quarterback in this league, especially at Superflex, it goes a long way to winning. But to get a 2023 uh, pick that is going to be Wheels' pick, where, you know, on paper, he doesn't appear to be going to be a very good team next year, could be quite a high pick, you know, in a you know standard 12-man league. That pick is essentially a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, and a third round pick in like three years time or two years time. No, three years time. So essentially free as far as I'm concerned. Jimmy Garoppolo has uh, no real place on my team. He's already 30. He can move on. What's your thoughts? You think it was a good move? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know why Burjo is acquiring Jimmy G. Like he's old, his future in the league very iffy. Um, and yeah, to get a twenty twenty three pick, which is you know touted as the super draft, um, I think he's done really well. But going back to wheels, um, geez, what do what do you think of his situation right now? Like he's struggling. Yeah, it's just a fall from grace. You know, he has a lot of points. I'm going to look at our points for so. He's sitting in sixth place out of eight, um, but he's sitting. Oh, I guess I suppose he is sitting. Um, well, he's sitting fifth for points four, so maybe he isn't that hard done by. He's he's probably got, he's got the most uh, points against, <laughs> sadly for his sake. But um, yeah, it's fifth most points four just has not uh, been that good. It's very old. He's very old at running back. Um, you know, he's made a few moves, but just has not broken his way, especially with Christian McCaffrey going down few moves he's made. You know, he traded you got you Devontae Adams, but he doesn't have draft that draft capital moving forward. He's got a little bit more after the moves he made with you. You acquired your 2023 first round pick in that Devontae Adams trade. But this season coming up, like the immediate future doesn't look super bright unless Christian McCaffrey can come back and be that absolute superstar. But even still, he lacks a bit of depth. His flex starts aren't going to be uh, very nice next year. Could be hoping for uh, for Calvin Ridley to come back though, so that's probably if he can get Christian McCaffrey and Calvin Ridley come back nice and strong. Maybe you know hit on a third round pick. He has four of them. I mean, the third round picks this year, no one's really standing out to me. I think the uh, draft class gets very thin after the first two rounds. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he can do. He may, you know, if he gets lucky, he could be a competitive team next year. But just still, just very thin at running back, very thin in his flex spots. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. What's your thoughts on him? I think, you know, his team's old. He's got Tom Brady, you know, still incredible. I don't think he's going anywhere. I still think he'll be incredible next year. But uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I just... So, for context, Wheels, we played redraft. Is it for three years now? And Wheels has won twice. So yeah, and he lets us know yeah. about it too. Yeah, so he's been the powerhouse of the league. As much as it hurts me to say, he's been the best fantasy player um, in the league's existence. Yeah, he's, so always all, on it. he's always getting, yeah, he's always making the best waiver wire ads. He's normally a fantastic player, but he's just absolutely missed this season. Yeah, and uh, we, we decided to go Dynasty this year, which, you know, if, if you're looking to do, I recommend it. It's fantasy 24-7 if you're, you know, fantasy tryhards like us. Um, and we had had the first pick um, and went Mahomes, and then he traded pretty much, he traded a haul to Joel for the second round for the second pick overall. And he took Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey and you know, everyone in the league's like, oh no. He's really he set the tone. Yeah. He set the tone so early. First two picks of the draft just went bang, bang, straight off the board. Pat Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and we're like, oh no, he's gonna win again. So that was uh so I think everyone's happy to see him uh, fall from grace from being honest. Not to speak for everybody, but I think everyone's pretty happy to see it. Yeah, hundred percent. And then, you know, he took Took Kelsey way too early. Took Adams, which is a good pick. Has Brady, but like his team's aging. Like he doesn't have any young talent. Doesn't have any um, draft capital really. And um, he's got he's got those twenty three, two twenty three picks, but he only got those because mm. of, um, he got one back from you. That's still a year. Yeah. Still over a year away. I mean, he could trade that in for some, you know. But then he would just trade it in for just more aging talent. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And then, yeah, he just gave me Adams. I think I got Adams really cheaply. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's panicking. 
and yeah, I would not want to be wheels right now, put it that way. Yeah, exactly. I would not want to be him either. I mean, you know, I'm glad you, I think everyone, if you're in a dynasty league, like, you know, like we are, or even in a redraft league, you want to be very happy. You want to be happy with your team. I think if you're sitting here saying, I don't like my team, it's your own fault. You only got one person to blame. You're the one who made those decisions. You're the one uh, that, you know, either made those mistakes. If you're not happy with your team, maybe it's time to, you know, have a look at the way you're, you know, evaluating players, the way you're sort of navigating the field and the space. Um, at the end of the day, you are the one that makes the decision. So I think it's important to feel good about your team as well, especially it means it's a bit more fun as well. If you're not enjoying your team, you're not liking it, and you're not going to, you know, wanting to watch the games and things like that, that's when you really need to have a look. Um, yeah, what I want to Will just needs to have to, a sorry. hard look at himself, real hard look at himself in the mirror, Zach Wheelahan. Yeah, Wheels, if you're listening to this, mate, have a good hard look in the mirror, mate. I think you need to uh, pull your head out of the sand. Your team's struggling. Uh, you're struggling. I think we need to uh, see a better Wheels, you know, the old the old Wheels. I think we need to bring him back. All righty, what we will move on to after our, our me and Andrew just ripping into Wheels just quietly. Um, we actually want to move on to someone, a bit of a polarising figure this season. Uh, came into the NFL. He's a rookie, just to give everyone a hint. Came into this, you know, into the league as you mentioned, he's the Messiah. He's the chosen one. He's supposed to be that next big name quarterback, that next absolute star. You know, when we saw Andrew Luck enter the league and just dominate immediately, it's Trevor Lawrence. And he's uh, looked a little bit, you know, a little bit shaky. I think everyone was expecting him to come in and just change that Jaguars offense, change that Jaguars team, this team that's, you know, historically just had no success whatsoever. And they were supposed to turn it around. And he was supposed to be the absolute cornerstone of the NFL, not just of the team, but of the entire league. He was supposed to be the face. Um, And he struggled just a little bit. I think it's not quite his fault, totally. I think he doesn't have, you know, such fantastic weapons, especially with DJ Chark going down. I'm not a massive fan of him, but he's definitely a big-bodied receiver that gives, you know, a young quarterback someone to throw to. He's gone down. You had his, you know, probably his best mate, Travis Etienne. He went down early in the season, so that makes things difficult. But he was supposed to be that quarterback that just elevated everyone else around him. And I think he's now just becoming a product of the situation. So what's your thoughts on him, Andrew? I think he's probably someone you could trade for if you're in a dynasty league and in the offseason, maybe the team that's got him. I know the team that has him in our league, uh, Dylan Lawrence. He has he has Trevor Lawrence, competing team. He's got a couple other quarterbacks and stuff like that. Might be a chance to go and get him on the cheap. I think if you believe in Trevor Lawrence long-term, might be worth going to snag him. What's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree. Um, like he's situated in Jacksonville and Urban Meyer, you know, just I don't I don't wanna, you know, rant about Urban Meyer, but guy's a clown. Sorry, it's okay. Yeah. You can say he stinks. Yeah, he, he's an absolute clown. But um, you know, but in a way he's been lucky that he's in Jacksonville because nobody's talking about him. And like he's been really bad. Like I don't want to sugarcoat um Trevor Lawrence's season. He's been Real, real bad. Um, I was a big fan at Clemson. Called him Sexy Trev. Um, you know, he's got that beautiful... Long hair. Yeah, Scaldy Locks. Um, so he's got good looks, which means he plays well. But, you know, this year, um, he was meant to be the next Andy Luck, Peyton Manning, as you said. Um, and, yeah, he's, he looked terrible. But, you know, we've been really spoiled with Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow coming straight out of the gate, looking fantastic. So... Maybe you just need a little bit of time. Um, like I said, the situation can only get better. There's no way Urban Meyer survives the year. Would you agree? Oh, I don't know if there's no way, from being honest. I think um, he's been poor and I'd love to see him go. But 
you just rarely see a coach one one and done. I think you have to give a coach a second season. You've been, uh, you know, stupid enough maybe to hire him, you know, in a long-term contract, but I think you're going to have to give him a second season, but you're just wasting time. You're almost wasting his career. I've personally seen enough of Urban Meyer. I don't think he's, you know, he's got it in the NFL. I think he's the scheme. Um, I don't think he has, I think he maybe he's used to just having superior talent. Um, where now he doesn't have superior talent. I mentioned before the weapons aren't super fantastic. The offensive line is struggling. This is not a situation where Trevor Lawrence is going to excel. Yeah, I think he does get one more season. I think you get hopefully DJ Chark back. You know, you get Travis Etienne back. I think he's a fantastic player. I think, you know, just to sorry to jump shift just a little bit. I think um, he's a massive inclusion to that offense. I think he's a fantastic player. Really high on Travis Etienne. I think he hurts J-Rob a lot. I think he hurts James Robinson going into next year. Could be controversial. But I think Travis Etienne's a fantastic player. Get him back. He becomes a weapon out of the backfield. You get, hopefully, LaVisca Chenault, another really disappointing player. I was really high on him coming into the year. He's been disappointing. He hasn't been able to make the big plays that they were, they were expecting, you know. Hopefully, you know, trying to be one of those yak guys, kind of sort of in that DJ, uh, sorry, kind of in that Debo Samuel mold, someone that you thought, was going to be able to catch those short balls and then take them upfield, but he hasn't been able to whatsoever. Um, I found that, yeah, they're just really struggling as a whole. I think um, it's been interesting. I think he'll be, I think Urban Meyer will get that another season though. I think they'll give him a chance to get the uh, weapons healthy and uh, move on hopefully, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. Like the organization just sucks. Like you have James Robinson, you have James Robinson there. And you proceed to take Travis Etienne in the first round, and like I had, I had J Rob last year in redraft, and he's he's awesome. Like he, he's a great running back, but you didn't need to do that. You have so much like lack of talent every other position in, on the field. Yeah, their defense right. is terrible. Their offensive line is terrible. The problem is, I do like Travis Etienne as a player. That's my only. I'm getting pulled in two different directions. I 100% agree with you. They needed to take players in every other position. You could have taken a player. Anywhere on the offense except for running back, you could have taken a player in any position on the defense. They could have used that player. Travis Etienne's fantastic. I think he's dynamic. I think he's a difference maker. It could be a bit controversial, but I think he's going to come back next year and make a big effort, uh, make a big change to the offense. Hit up Charlie Liam. Trade for him, Frank. He's, he's your boy. You love him. Yeah, well, I think I don't know if that's going to work. Charlene's gearing up for next year with his acquiring, with him acquiring Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. I think he's really making a run next year. So I don't know if he's going to be willing to move that young player that could explode onto the scene. Yeah, if I lose to Charlene this week, I'm in trouble. Like, me and Lawrence big trouble. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty safe up top. I'm loving life. <laughs> yeah. I'd kill to be 10 and 2, honestly. Yeah. Well, now, what I will say to wrap that segment up, though, Trevor Lawrence, go trade for him. I think the um, if you've got that asymmetrical upside, you just purely... I don't think there's much more downside for him. Let's say he has another poor second year. Maybe his price does go down quite a bit. But if you've got that person in the league that wants, you know, they want an extra, you know, they want an extra draft pick or maybe you trade them, you know, an asset that maybe you're like quite a young team. You need that extra quarterback. Maybe you're not set a quarterback going forward. You've got a you know, surplus of talent at wide receiver or running back. You can flip that player. You know, if you're in a league where people don't quite realize the value that quarterbacks hold, you can flip a running back, flip a wide receiver that's got such a much shorter shelf life than a quarterback for Trevor Lawrence. You sort of just got that massive upside you could have, you know, could be a top five dynasty quarterback. I still think he's around top 10, but um, 
just again, just much more upside, especially being so young. Yeah, um, Frank, rank the rookie quarterback for me going forward. Put you, on, still, put you on the spot a little bit, but yeah, no, that's all right. I don't mind being put on the spot. Um, still Trevor Lawrence. I, yeah, it's still Trevor he's Lawrence. Still, he's still number one, all right. Yeah, he's still number one, and it's um, I don't think it's close. I'm going to be honest. I, I kind of like what I've seen out of Justin Fields as of late. But he's gotten injured now. You don't know whether that was just you know a good couple of games. He hasn't wowed me. Trey Lance, we didn't get a massive look at him. He got like one look. The offense struggled again. I'm not one to, you know, jump on a quarterback after one start. Like, give me a break. People want to, you know, look into that start too much. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think um, Trey Lance is probably the only one that I would consider, like, could be better long-term for fantasy. I think NFL quarterback-wise, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best NFL quarterback. Justin Fields doesn't excite me too, too much from what I've seen. Doesn't have He's got limited weapons in Chicago currently. Um, but Trey Lance, I think we saw in that one game, he looks more like Cam Newton light than he does Josh Allen. And what I mean by that is he's inaccurate. He's got a big arm, but he, you know, obviously Josh Allen started off very inaccurate. I know I want to be clear about that. And he developed into a really good passer. But what I'm trying to say is Trey Lance looks more like a runner, running quarterback than he does a big arm quarterback. He looks like he's going to, you know, we saw him run for, what was it, 80, 100 yards in his first start. And he only threw for, I think it was threw for under 200 or maybe it was 250. I'm not 100% sure. But he looked like he was struggling throwing the ball in the NFL, where in college, you know, he was in a, I think he was at a smaller college as well. He's able to sling the ball around the field a bit more, use that big arm to sort of expose defenses. The NFL is a bit more difficult. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on the rookie quarterbacks. I think um, they've still been good, I think. But, yeah, again, haven't excited me too, too much. I know Joel is the uh, massive – oh, I can't believe I've forgotten this name, Mac Jones. Now that I bring up Joel, he would be absolutely fuming listening to this podcast if he heard me ignore Mac Jones. So, Mac Jones, he's been fantastic too. Still got him yeah. behind Trevor Lawrence. Again, might be controversial. He's had a fantastic season leading the New England Patriots. Still, in fantasy, just behind Trevor Lawrence as well. Again, I think his ceiling is sort of a little bit not as high as those other quarterbacks, purely just for the rushing and stuff like that. He's been very good, very good NFL quarterback. I don't know what your thoughts are, Andrew. I was about to say, Frank, I'm about to label you as the, the Mac Jones hater, like the disrespect of just leaving him off the list. Yeah, that was so, terrible, I mean. Um, no, but he's, I don't know, the Patriots just, it's just all Bill Belichick, all, you know, running back. So I don't think he's got that. You know, ceiling. He's not the next Tom Brady, guys. Um, just going to throw that out there. But um, every time he does something, my brother will let you know that Mac Jones has done something. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's got to be Trevor one, Mac two. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm out on Zach Wilson. I think I'm. I think I'm done. He he doesn't look good. Yeah, um, I didn't bring up Zach Wilson. I think he's a. Uh... He's like a sell low. Like, I hate to sell low, but I think he's a sell low. If you can get back a first-round pick, there's a team that believes, you know, there's that rookie quarterback truth in every league that, you know, wants to buy up all the rookie quarterbacks and dominate that market. If you can, you know, cash out and get, you know, a second-round pick, a high second-round pick, first-round pick, I'm not against it. He just looks very poor. Yeah. So, yeah, Trev, Max, Fields, Lance, and then um, Zach Wilson for me. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think we're on the same page there. I don't think um, 
yeah, outside of Trevor Lawrence, I'm not some. I'm not willing to, you know, risk my future draft capital on any of the other guys. I don't think. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. But it's been, yeah, it's been. Besides Mac, none of them have really looked good. But then, I just, yeah, I just can't buy into the Mac Jones future. So yeah, it'd be interesting. Interesting though. Yeah. All righty. What we're actually going to move on to now is our next segment, which is a really good one. A really good one, especially as we, you know, we start to wrap up the year. We are getting towards the end of the fantasy season, but that doesn't mean that dynasty stops, which is fantastic. It's why I love playing dynasty football, a uh, dynasty fantasy football so much. Just never stops. Constantly learning, constantly studying. Um, is our 2022 rookie draft picks that are coming up? Basically, this segment, we're going to have a look at a different player every week, start to build a portfolio of analysis and players that we've been looking at. Um, I know that I've been looking at a specific player, someone that I'm personally in on. I'll let Andrew go first and discuss, um, I believe he's got one of the more uh, polarizing prospects coming into this year. I think uh, a lot of people aren't super duper high on the quarterback class. I think uh, Andrew might feel a little bit different. So let's uh, hear it. Let's hear it. A bunch of goddamn nerds. Uh, yeah, it got me, got me scared, Frank. Um, honestly, with, you know, how we, we um, I'm a cross-country runner, guys. Um, yeah, flame me in the comments, running. But um, <laughs> we, ra- we, we race every Saturday, so honestly, haven't been able to watch much college football. But, you know, being over here in the States, um, you can't get away from it. So the rave is Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback. Sounds like Matt Cottrell, Frank, who is, uh, AFL player for the, everyone listening. He's my <laughs> he's my hero. So um, he's you know six foot, two hundred pounds. Nothing nothing great there, but what he's done this year can't be like underdone. Like he's, I think he's been the best quarterback. I'm not sure about your think thoughts, Frank. You might be a Bryce Young guy, um, but you know I read out his stats: three hundred three thousand three hundred thirty four pass yards. Uh, 67.5 completion completion percentage, 20 touch, touchdowns, four interceptions. But he does it on the ground as well. He's had 600 rush yards, 11 touchdowns on the ground. So he's a dual threat quarterback. Um, he's got a big arm, accurate, very athletic, and he's really good under pressure, which you, um, you like to see. Um, he's carried this Ole Miss franchise to, you know, their first 10-win season in, I think, ever. Yeah, I think forever. So, um yeah, um, yeah, I mean, not a massive, massive college guy. I can't hold you to that stat, Andrew. But, uh, yeah, no, it sounds like he's had a fantastic year. Yeah, and um, it's a really weak quarterback class. I won't, um, you know, sugarcoat it or anything. Um, but I think he will get first draft capital, first round draft capital. Um, yeah, he's been on fire this year. If he lands in a good spot, Denver, Carolina. But, yeah, it all depends on where he lands, obviously. Um, you know, Denver, Carolina, Washington, um, Dolphins, as they pivot off Tua. I'm not a believer in Tua. But, you know, if he lands in a really good spot, um, I think he should be the Superflex Rookie Draft 101, Frank. I don't know if that's a hot take or anything. but And all you gamblers out there, I've seen a 25 to 1 for the Heisman. I think that is a fair, that's a fair, fair bet. Um, but, yeah, that's my rant on Matt Corral. I think he's... Yeah, he's he's done everything right this year, Frank. So yeah, okay, uh, okay. It could be a bit of a cold take your uh, your tip there because I don't know if you saw what Bryce Young did uh, yesterday. It's a little bit yeah. of a 
Yes, I saw it, Frank. Massive, massive uh, game he had. But that's okay. That's okay, Andrew. We won't rip into you too much there. Yes, I saw it, Frank. I think he is going to be – yeah, I think if he gets, like I said, if he gets that first-round draft capital, I think – you know, it is a weak class, but there's going to be teams that need quarterbacks. I don't, I don't know. With you know, Aaron Rodgers might be available. I don't see the Broncos are going to take a quarterback. They might if they get desperate. I mean, it's going to be interesting. They didn't take um, Justin Fields last year. I don't see why they would take Matt Corral now. I don't think he's as good a prospect as Justin Fields, but I still think he's very good. I think he could be, um, you know, a really good passer. I think he could develop. I think it's just such a hard position to evaluate we've got you know you have nfl teams year after year missing on the quarterback position i'm not going to pretend like we're the best um analyzers of talent but i think he looks very good i think he's a first round quarterback and i think um you have to take him at the 101 if he gets that draft capital especially if it's top 10 i think it will be top 10 if i'm being honest you got to take him at the 101 i 100% agree with you andrew especially in, yeah, superflex. Um, in superflex they're just too valuable you can't uh you can't ignore it yeah, 100%. Also, Frank, backtracking, I didn't say he was going to win the Heisman. I said 25 to 1, great value. Sprinkle oh, it. okay. Sorry, sorry. That's yeah. my bad. I, you said great value, not he was yeah. going to win it. No. Bryce Young will probably win, but, you know, if, if you never know what happens. 25 to 1 is a great number, in my that's, opinion. That's true. Fair enough. Okay. What's your rookie, Frank? Let's, let's hear it. All right. Well, the guy I've been looking at is a wide receiver, uh, Drake London from USC. Honestly, he looks the real deal. We've seen, uh, we saw him for a little bit this season. He, you know, he's hurt. He's, I believe he broke his ankle, which isn't good. You don't want to see it, but he's, you know, predicted to be healthy, ready to go for the draft and stuff like that. Again, you know, you don't like to chase injuries, but they don't scare me too much. I'm not, I'm, you know, I like to play fantasy football, a little bit risky. I don't want, you want too many injuries, but you don't want to downgrade a player too much just because of injury, especially when they're very young. Human body, it's a miraculous thing. They do heal, believe it or not. There's some people in the industry that'll say one player's had an injury and they want to say that they're injury prone. They end up just missing out, you know. For example, guy we've been talking about a bunch on this show, Debo Samuel. Injury prone, that some were saying, injuries throughout his career, absolutely explodes onto the scene. So I don't want to discount players too much for injury. Freak things happen. We saw what Saquon Barkley twist his ankle on a player. Just absolutely freak accident. It happens. So Drake London, he, you know, has just shown out in the short uh, sample size we saw this year. He was the fourth best receiver, uh, according to PFF, in college football. Just purely receiving grades. Fantastic. You love to see it. Means he's just producing. Means he's just genuinely one of the best receivers in college football. I don't care that the sample size is too small. We saw him just absolutely dominate the corners in the college game. Six foot five. He's a monster. He's big. He's strong. He just goes up and takes contested catches as if he's always just wide open. He's the quarterback, had so much faith in him, just threw it up to him, jump balls. He just, you know, just took them in at a rate that absolutely no one else in college football was going to take. We didn't see anyone that was going to basically compete with the amount of contested catches he was going to have. He had the fifth most missed tackles, and he only played, he'd only played eight games so far. We're another, like, what, 12 or 13 games into the college season, and he's still sitting fifth in missed tackles. At six foot five, I think that's ridiculous. I think the fact that he can move and evade tackles at six foot five is just a massive, massive tick in my mind. I think he's just a fantastic athlete. Seventh in deep catches, first in contested catches through eight games. Come on, like genuinely, I think he's just a genuine stud. Um, again, there's just a lot of talk out there that this class, you know, 
isn't super duper talented. I just don't think it's super duper deep. Personally, I think there is a bit of top end talent, especially at wide receiver. Running backs, I'm not super duper high on, but again, these wide receivers are pretty good. Um, my comp for him, I think he's basically Mike Evans. I think he could be Mike Evans at the next level, which is a big call. Mike Evans, fantastic player. I think a lot of the uh, Mike Evans hype has died down early in his career. You know, everyone was saying how fantastic he was. You know, he didn't have Chris Godwin aside for, across from him. So he was getting a lot of the targets and stuff like that. People were saying how fantastic Chris Godwin was. That hype's died down. They think he's still fantastic. But I think we deserve to give Mike Evans the respect he deserves. He's had seven consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, probably going to make it eight this year. And if you can get that from Drake London, I mean, what a hell of a career he'll have. That's my comp. The only issue I might have is we saw a lot of these same characteristics from Nikhil Harry, like, and that's a disgusting name to mention. I almost feel bad for Drake London for putting him in the same bracket as Nikhil Harry. But, you know, we thought he was going to be very good. Big body receiver, took plenty of contested catches, but just struggled to get separation next level. Have seen Drake London. He does struggle to get a bit of separation downfield. He's not blistering quick, but he'll run fast enough. I think he won't have any troubles grading out at the combine. But it'll be very interesting. He's still very young, you know, 21. He'll be 21 in his first year in the NFL if he gets drafted this year, uh, this season coming. I'd imagine he would. And we've also seen USC receivers like Michael Pittman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Robert Woods. Again, a bit of a throwback. Marquise Lee, he had his time in the NFL. He's a good player. And Nelson Aguilar as well. Both were all very solid wide receivers. I think, think, you know, he might not struggle with playbooks and things like that. I think they run quite a good system for the players to adjust to the NFL game. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, Andrew. I don't know if you've uh, looked into him too much. But I think he's a great player. He could be, you know, I don't know if he goes off the board first in the NFL draft, but I think he'll be you know, maybe late first, second round pick. I think don't think he falls out of the second round. Yeah, no, nah, um big boy, six five, two ten. Um plays plays basketball for the for the college as well. So he's he's definitely athletic. Um you know, Brandon Marshall, Mike Evans comp, so hopefully he is that. Um can't believe you just brought up Marquise Lee. Gee, that's a throwback, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, I was just looking at the players that have come out of USC, and I'm like, I had to include him. He had a few fantasy relevant games. Yeah, I, I started him, I reckon, in a few, in a few spots. But um, yeah, back to Drake London. You know, the wide receiver class is probably the strength of this of this rookie class. So there is there are a lot of receivers with talent. Um, Traylon Burks, I think, probably probably gets picked before him, but you know, you never know what happens. It all depends on the spot he goes, Frank, like the uh, landing spot for him. But yeah, I think I think he's he's so big and just just catches everything. So um, yeah, yeah just that think... massive wingspan just brings in balls. Just you know, yeah, they you, you call it a fifty-fifty ball, but when you throw it to him, it doesn't feel like a fifty-fifty. It seems like he's taking in more than fifty percent of those deep catches. And uh, if that can translate to the NFL level, that just becomes super valuable for any team. And I think you know a lot of teams don't want to. There's teams that do have wide receivers that may not want to use first or second round draft capital, but I just don't, he won't fall. I don't think he'll fall that far. I think he'll find a good home. Yeah. And again, just to harp on it, don't think the 2022 class is uh, that poor. I think it is still quite good, especially wide receiver. I'll quickly go through it. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London and Traylon Burks are the four names that come to mind for me. After that, you have Jamison Williams, still very good. I think he's a, you know, quietly another really good player. Um, yeah, but those four guys are probably my top four, and I think they're going to be very solid NFL wide receivers. 
hard to say. There is it just it feels like there always is that one, you know, bust wide receiver. But I guess you run that risk claim fantasy football. It's what we love. It's a you know, it's a risky game. It's almost gambling. Yeah, hundred percent. Um yeah, those those four receivers I agree with. So um yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so what we might do is we actually might wrap up the show here. It's fantastic to have you guys on. We will go through far more uh, 2022 draft picks going forward. Like I said, it's a segment we want to go through. We want to build a portfolio of players and our analysis and what we think so that you guys can make informed decisions when your rookie drafts come around, even when your redraft leagues come around, you know, who which wide receivers land in the right spot, which one's going to be, you know, be primed to explode onto the scene. Been fantastic having you on the show, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to uh, having plenty more of these episodes, uh, you know, hitting the press. It's been fantastic to get started and uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, no, it was fun. Thanks for having me. I was a bit nervous, but got through it. So hopefully, hopefully it's all right. Exactly. So I'll uh, get editing on this soon, guys. We'll get this one on the press ready to uh, for all of our fans. We'll start to uh, start to build a community. I'm looking forward to it. We're in this for the long haul, guys. Uh, stay with us. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Addict Dynasty podcast. Follow the podcast on Instagram at NFL Fantasy Addict. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure you don't miss a second of the action.